Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship on this February 27th, 2022. We are so glad that you have decided to join us for worship, whether you are in person or online. We are glad to have you be among our worshiping family. We are worshiping online and in person, and uh, the in-person part is in transition again. It sounds like L.A. County is uh, loosening its restrictions a little bit, as I understand that um, if you are vaccinated, you are welcome to be inside without a mask. If you are not vaccinated, you are welcome to be wearing a mask inside. Now, whether we're going to do that or not is a question. Some of us would like to do that, and others of us would not feel as comfortable about that, and so I'm going to leave that to your own choices as to, as to what you feel might be what you want to do. I do want to say that if you uh, choose to unmask, we are assuming, um, and we hope rightfully, that you're vaccinated and that you're not putting yourself at risk uh, by doing that. And we, we also um, want to make sure that whether we are unmasked or masked, we, we try to sense one another's comfort levels at getting intimate. Well, nobody likes to get intimate in a church. <laughs> except hugging one another and, and uh, doing that kind of stuff, right? So that you want to be, let's see, just say how how good your social skills are to be able to guess whether David wants to be hugged or whether David is one of those people that would rather not be hugged but likes to see you and shake your hand. All right, so we, we all are, are going to kind of get our antenna up to be comfortable with one another and not make the other person be uncomfortable by what we're choosing to do. All of this because we're loving family members to one another in the body of Christ, right? So it's not a burden, right? It's not a burden. It's a privilege to care for one another, and we'll find the way to do that in as supportive a way as we can. All right, I made that really clear, didn't I? All right. Okay. Okay, we'll see, we'll see what the office and our health expert has to say about it um, later today. And we'll see where we are <laughs> next week. But I think that's what we're going to do, okay? So, um, some quick announcements. Uh, Ash Wednesday is what day of the week this week? Wednesday. All right. And um, if you're into it, we, we hope that you will be able to journey to uh, St. Matthew's Church. Our three churches are being in cahoots during the, the Lent uh, season. St. Matthew's is um, in Newberry Park, and it's way at the end of one of the big streets. Wendy's, thank you. Way up there at the top. So it takes almost as long to get there um, from the freeway as it does in Thousand Oaks to get to us or to get to Thousand Oaks. So give yourself an extra five or ten minutes once you get off the freeway to get up to where the church is. Five to six will be drive-through ash imposition. If that's something that appeals to you where you don't want to go to the service and you want to just have that ritual, uh, clergy will be there for you between five and six. And then at 6.30, there will be a service uh, inside, I think with the rules that we've just established here for us. But come with your mask just in case um, it's an all-mask event. We'll see, we'll see what it is. I, I think it's a both-and at St. Matthew's also. Okay? That's this Wednesday. On Thursday, we're having a, a great seminar speaker from the Loyola Law School, thanks to Karee Jackson-Lewis, who will speak to us about this boogity-boo controversy we're all having, or some of us are having, over critical race theory as a posture. The main point is to try to figure out how can we be mature adults and talk about the issues of race with one another if we, um, if we have concerns about it. And many of us do have concerns that we have a difficult situation in talking about race. We want to be able to be um, mature enough 
to do that and advance our relationships and advance our society so that we are better to one another. So this is a, an opportunity, particularly for you parents, to have some uh, good input into your thinking about how you might have those conversations. Because you got to know, your kids are having those conversations on campus um, as we adults are, whether we intend to or not. So uh, um, maybe take advantage of that. The crop walk is on the 6th. I see the salt toes are here, so if you're in person, you can get uh, good information on how to participate on that. If you're online, you want to check our website, our homepage there, to get instructions on how to support those who are already signed up for walking or how you might want to be a walker yourself. All right. Let's get beyond our announcements on this, on this Sunday in which... We come to worship, yet we come with all the news in our head of what's going on in the world and recognize just how hard it is sometimes to be good neighbors. So let us center ourselves, be open to the leading of God's Spirit to us this day, and be in worship. We have come to celebrate, to celebrate our love for Thee. Hallelujah, O Lord. Hallelujah. Please stand as you are able and join with me in our call to worship. Brothers and sisters, let us worship the Lord our God in spirit and in truth. Let's join together in singing our opening hymn with the, the good leadership of our voice over there, Nick. pray. Holy God, you have shared yourself with us in so many ways and at so many times. Help us to pay attention to you amid the noise of our lives, to look and to listen well for your message of new life, of abundant life, of holy life of a life of grace. Show us the path. Show us the way. Let your light illumine our journey so that we might help ourselves and help each other to be our best selves, your beloved children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Be seated. time in our worship service where I take the time to talk to the children of our church. 
As you can tell, I'm not physically with you in person today, but know that I'm with you in spirit and I cannot wait to see you next week. I hope that you're well and I look forward to seeing you soon. Has anything surprising happened in your world this week? Well, something surprising happened to us. It snowed at our house. And maybe it snowed at your house or maybe it snowed at school. I don't know, but it surprised me because our forecast said that it wasn't even supposed to rain, but it snowed. What? That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Just like the weather surprised me this week, sometimes there's people or situations that surprise us. Both of the people that Pastor Walt's going to talk about today are people that surprised their community. They stood up for what they believed in. They made or they took stances in their beliefs to do what they believed was right, to share the good news of Jesus's love and to make sure that everyone was being treated fairly and with respect, even if it wasn't the popular opinion. That's so amazing and took a lot of people by surprise. But here's the thing, all of us can do something similar. We can all make choices based off of what we believe that God is asking us to do. We can share God's love and hope and promise and value of each person with others so that people might know God's love as well. So my challenge for you this week is to think about how you might stand up in your faith and share God's love with others. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. And thank you for all of our yesterdays. Thank you for loving us and showing us the way Help us to stand up for you, to share your love with others. Amen. Hear us as we pray, O oh Lord. Hear our prayer, loving Lord. Keep us ever in thy word and grant us peace. If you are online, I think you may have a better view of the beautiful yellow flowers behind me than uh, some of you who are here in person with me. But when you get a chance, please please notice those flowers and um, let them be uh, evocative to you of our um, support uh, for peace in the Ukraine and for the people who are suffering uh, the dislocation that comes from uh, war. And with that being in mind, and as you go through the rest of the service, um, let us now be in prayer. We pray, Lord God, that your spirit would uh, be with ours in our time of prayer, that we would know that your presence is here, that would that we would know that we are not walking just by ourselves through the challenges of our days. Yet we are so mindful that, uh, again, we have seen how difficult it might be to have a daily life in different parts of our world. We are so blessed in so many ways, yet we realize we 
even in our lives, struggle from time to time to find our way forward. We think of those around the world whose struggles are much more severe than ours. And how this week in particular for the people in the Ukraine, there are real life and death struggles, not of their doing, that are a part of their lives. And we pray for the elderly, we pray for the young children, we pray for all of the people who are being touched uh, by the madness of war. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Again, we want to mention Linda Northrup and her husband Dave and Kathy Drake and her husband Ken and all those who are dealing with the effects of cancer in their lives, figuring out the best treatments and the way forward. We pray for their strength, for their healing, for their encouragement. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Russ Stone and Elaine Stewart's mom, Dick Thomas and Candace Shehorn, Jim Lawson, all of them who are recovering from various surgeries um, in the prior weeks. We pray for their strength, their renewed health. And we pray this morning for Abby Fenton, who is recovering from hip surgery this week. May things be well with her, and may she regain her strength, mobility, and be healed. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Skylar Knowlton, Ella Kumar, Zane Yacoub, all awaiting, we understand, surgical help in recovering from their difficult physical problems. And we add Nancy Moravec to that list as she anticipates having her knee surgery uh, this week. We pray for all of them as they come closer to the time of intervention and how perhaps through that intervention there may be a returning to much, much improved health. We pray for all of them in this respect. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Jonah Morton, Kathy Loeb, Sherry, Pat, all seeking improvement in their health situations, be with them and strengthen them in their particular need. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Gary Furness, who is now at home and on hospice care for congestive heart failure, Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Karee Jackson Lewis and extended family who are grieving the death of her stepmother's mom. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For all those suffering from COVID as patient or caregiving loved ones. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And amid the weight of these sorrows and challenges of life, we celebrate the joy in the Drake household, uh, Kathy Drake and her family as they celebrate a new grandson, Miles Daniel. And we pray for that life, we pray for that family, that they may rejoice in the promise that comes with new life. O oh Lord, hear our prayers.
we take these next moments in prayer for our private thoughts that we lift up to our God. Hear our prayers. Hear our prayers for our church, for the good we do. May it multiply. Hear our prayers for our world. We pray this all in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Join together in the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. I, I love that song, and as, as, I, as I hear it, I think, yes, yes, that is true. God will, the good shepherd will walk with me. Uh, will I walk with the good shepherd is the question. I hope you've appreciated what Pastor Rachel and I have been up to this last half year, we have kind of been trying to bring forward a, 
a feeling of agency to you, of power to you that you have in your life, though you may not claim it or, or act upon it as often as you should or as you would benefit. We began by talking about setting a course for a better life, and, and you know that that's the, um, what do you call that, the mantra of our church? That's the, the slogan of our church. We wanted to have this be our banner, um, setting a course for a better life, implying that, yeah, with, in your faith, through your church, with the disciplines of the Spirit, you could do that however your life is now. And we were encouraging that, and we thought that would be most important during these pandemic days in which we felt we had no control in our lives. No, but you do, and you did. And it's not just mask or not mask. It's the kind of life you want to have. Where the values and the soft spots and the good spots are what's holy and righteous, and whether you're going to go after that or not. And we decided to, to think about Christmas a little differently, about how that narrative of the birth really was supported by a whole bunch of stories, and how those stories really were stories that could connect to our story if we let ourselves be open to it. And we invited you to think about how that story could impact this story, your story. Because it will, it would, if you do, open yourself to it. And so then we thought, well, let's just drive the, the point home by lifting up some people in the Bible and in real life who have let the story of Jesus into their life and have had their lives changed. Did you know that's what we were up to? That's, that's what we're trying to do here in Epiphany is to not be pedantic about it all, but to say, hey, look at these stories. Here are people. Here are people like you before they became the people that we think of them as. And they've let Jesus into their life and things had changed because of that. Isn't that remarkable? That can happen to you too. She and I have been saying that there's a power in God in our lives to turn us to be a force through us for our betterment, the betterment of our community and the betterment of the world to do God's business in the world. And so we looked at Paul and Dorothy Day about conversions. We looked at Peter and C.S. Lewis about regaining faith after falling from faith. Some people think if they've fallen from grace, they've fallen from grace forever and ever and amen, and it's not that way. Come back. Jesus says. And there's stories of people who have come back. And the Samaritan woman and Nadia Boltz Weber with acceptance and welcome and inclusion in the family of God through Christ. And we talked about Zacchaeus and Francis Perkins about how whether we're really a crumb bum or a really good folk, God still has more for us to do and can help us to be that better and to make that difference that we have the skill sets and the resources to do? There's always more. The adulterous woman and Father Boyle, Nicodemus and John Wesley. Well, today, we're going back to Paul, but I'm only using Paul as a, a place marker for us as disciples. Paul and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we're looking at today, and I hope in this last sermon of this sermon series of Epiphany, um, there might still be yet another, aha, oh wow, that the Spirit of God might bring to you through our words.
So you, you all know Paul. I'm not going to go through who Paul was again, except I'm just going to lift him up with a little label under his picture for you and his name that says, Apostle to the Gentiles. That's what he called himself. Apostles to the nations. He thought perhaps maybe he was going to be an apostle to the Hebrews, but things changed for him. He went on three missionary trips that we know of. There might have been more. In his letters, he doesn't talk really about here. I'm on, I'm on trip number one as I write this letter. Um, Acts is the one that puts his travels together in trips. Maybe there was a bunch more. It wasn't an easy effort that was before him. There were many challenges and many hardships. And so I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23 and just read a few of these. He's, he's talking to Corinthians and he's trying to do what? He's trying to not boast about himself as he vets himself to that community as a way of being critical to those who are boasting about things which really don't measure up. And so he mentions, far greater labors, far more imprisonments with countless floggings and often near death. He's describing his life. Five times I have received the 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Anybody else had that happen to them once? Any? Okay. Five times. So let's, I mean, let's just be kind of real about Paul and what he's gone through. Five times. Three times he was beaten by rods. So that's different than lashes. That's a different type of way of getting a beating. And he had that three times. Once he was actually stoned, but he didn't die from it. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a day and a night once, I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, bandits, my own people, Gentiles, city dangers, wilderness dangers, sea dangers, dangers from false brothers and sisters, he writes, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. Wow. If we believe him of his life experiences, he's had some challenges that are a little bit beyond the challenges we have had at being faithful people or of sharing God's love. Let's remember, though, it was Paul in Romans 5 who also wrote, we also boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Paul was clear in the value of, of sharing the good news. It was worth it to him, he felt, regardless of whatever sufferings it entailed. And remember the folk who worked at his side, Silas and Barnabas and, and John Mark and Timothy and Chloe and Lydia and Phoebe, Prissa and Aquila, men and women working at his side. And so many more that we don't know by name who labored for the gospel and labored for God's kingdom in the shadow of Caesar and the empire of Rome. 
how many unknown heroes whose efforts bolstered one another to do the task they felt called upon by Christ Jesus. As Paul writes in one of his letters, one planted, one watered, one harvested. Everybody had a role. They all suffered deprivation and great challenges, and yet they persisted. God, through Christ, had touched them and transformed them, so they persevered. And in gratitude, in gratitude, they, they shared their experience of faith with others in these different communities where, where perhaps they hadn't ever thought they would ever travel in their lifetime because most people in those days traveled the distance of our nowadays counties. Hmm. Overcoming whatever obstacle presented itself to make their witness, carrying forward the effort of God to the end. It's, it's mind-boggling, isn't it? The reality of it. So I want to invite the tech team to bring up our first scripture reading for the day from Hebrews. Good morning. Our first reading today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Stirring words. Words uh, we all need to hear, don't we? From time to time, remind ourselves and put our life situation and that life situation into a perspective. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Imagine the many hearts that were steadied and the resolve that was recommitted to hearing these words. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was born of a, of a dad who was a psychiatrist and a neurologist and a mom who was a, a teacher. You can imagine kind of a, probably a sharp family, a, a family committed to reason and to knowledge. It also was a family that was committed to faith and and Bonhoeffer Dietrich became, of uh, I think five uh, siblings, uh, four or five siblings, he became a German Lutheran pastor, a teacher, um, and an activist. He went abroad from Germany in the 30s and in the early 40s um, to America uh, and to England uh, for studies. He studied at uh, Union in New York in uh, Roz Tebow's son-in-law's father, a member of that church that Dietrich went to uh, along the Hudson. They have as a collective memory in that congregation 
the presence of Bonhoeffer. He returned to Germany each time, even the last time when he fled Germany to England thinking that maybe he needed to stay there as he was there for a couple weeks. He had a change of heart and knew that God was calling him to stay with his people through the horror of what was seemingly about to unfold. And so he did go back. He wrote, Christians in Germany will have to face the terrible alternative of either willing the defeat of their nation in order that Christian civilization may survive or willing the victory of their nation and thereby destroying civilization. He was arrested in, in April, April 5th, 1943, uh, being implicated in the failed July 20th uh, assassination attempt on Hitler. He was moved uh, between a couple concentration camps and hung uh, April 9th, 1945 in Flossenburg. Well, Bonhoeffer is a, is a saint in many of our eyes for the living of his faith in such perilous times. He wrote about costly grace as opposed to cheap grace. And not so much that you had to earn this costly grace, but that grace, friends, did have a cost in that you needed to take upon yourself Christ Jesus, cross included, and follow Christ Jesus where Christ Jesus led. And that might not be convenient. But in his mind, grace came to us as we lived into and followed Christ. He wrote about the true grace that comes upon a person when that person lives a life of faith and real discipleship. So he would talk about the cost of discipleship. Rather than rather than being religious and presuming upon God and God's grace to cover all sins and shortfalls of a lukewarm faith and a half-hearted following of Jesus. His writings describe just how invested he was in living his faith in Christ Jesus, regardless of the obstacles that presented themselves. And his was a big obstacle, wasn't it? And his life, his life witnessed to the authenticity of his writings and the integrity of his faith. In my mind, he followed, he followed in the commitment of Paul and those other disciples of Jesus to follow in the footsteps of their Lord and Savior. Well, so here is a second reading for us today. It's from Timothy. Our second reading today is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord 
the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Like Paul Bonhoeffer and the other apostles and followers of, of Jesus that we've mentioned in this series, discipleship to Christ was the goal in their lives. And these folks maintained their effort, aimed at reaching that goal throughout what were the circumstances and the opportunities of their lives. These disciples exhibited what I would call a fortitude of faith. They stuck with it. And we should ask ourselves, how are we doing in that respect? They suffered reversals and, and ultimately martyrdom, so many of the people we've talked to. Yet they maintained their faith and they excelled in the expression of their faith so as to bear a very fruitful witness in their day and one that we could draw upon for inspiration in our day. Hallelujah. Persistence in the effort. Perseverance through the challenges. Fortitude in faith, regardless. Regardless of whatever befalls. I think this is the key, dear friends, to the, the experience of life abundant. Now, in life eternal, Hereafter. So we want to ask ourselves, does this sound at all like us? Does this sound like me? Has our faith been a bulwark against the slings and the arrows of life? All the highs and the lows, the challenges, the changes... And more so, has, has it grown and has it strengthened due to all of that mess, which is life? Has it become more central to who we are, to how it is that we are? Think of the challenges you've gone through as an individual in these last years. Think of the challenges the church has gone through as a, uh, as a group of people, our church as a group of people in these last years, the, the kind of spasms we've had as a congregation because of the inclusion of gays and the valuing of people of color and the restrictions and the fears of the pandemic, all of the stuff that we've gone through and and responded to and weathered or tried to make a path amid. How have you and your faith held up? You've missed the boat if you've forgotten that Christ steal stills the storm that your boat might be traveling through. With Christ in your boat, the storm is different. So have faith. Let Christ's 
story shape your story. Be transformed and be empowered by that story. Let God have God's way with you. With God's help, set a course for a, a better life. With, with Christ as your north star and, and your congregation as your boat or as your, as your crew. Christ Jesus invites you to step into this kind of faithfulness. The kind that does not disappoint hope, manifests love, and transforms the world. Have fortitude. Go the distance with God. For the love of God. And your neighbor. Amen. You're invited to share in whatever capacity you can. Uh, very generously or whatever, the ministries of this congregation that tries its best to be a living presence of Christ in our time and in our place. We try to do good. We try to bolster one another. We try to spread the message of grace and love into our community. Help us be about that business with your generosity. There'll be uh, some words on the screen that will uh, remind you how it is that, that you can give. If you're present as you leave, there are plates available. If you are with us in person, um, drop it by. If you're online with us, send it in the mail. Come on down and visit Vinia. She's here every day. She'd love to uh, say hi. We appreciate Whatever extent of your resources you can give to help us do what we feel called to do in the name of Christ.
Let us pray. Holy God, use these gifts for your greater purposes through us so that we might be your heart and might be your hands in service to our neighbors in need and in strengthening your kingdom among and through us. Amen. If you, uh, if you wish, please stand and enjoy singing along with Nick our closing hymn. People with fortitude of faith is what we aspire to be. So, brothers and sisters, run your race to the end, to the end with faithfulness and courage. And you will be wrapped in the love of God now and always. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen. A peace of God surround you. May his love your spirit fill anew. May his Holy Spirit be Until the end of time, hallelujah.